0: The following is brought to you by the Leave It In The Ring Podcast Network. All boxing, no filter. Greetings and welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Boxing Esquire Podcast and actually the final Boxing Esquire Podcast that I will be the host of. Presented by The Ring and ringtv.com And distributed by the Leave It In The Ring Network It's my distinct pleasure to have as my guest uh, on this one uh, Scott Schaefer, once again, attorney extraordinaire Scott will actually be uh, succeeding me in, in hosting the Boxing Esquire podcast um, I have uh, a lot going on in, in my professional and personal lives right now Just can't put the time in anymore And uh, But Scott's going to do a great job um, We talked about um, the huge, you know, busy weekend of fights with, uh, Usyk and Tank, um, and Inouye, um, great fights, great conversation. We talked about Wilder's recent comments about the Fury loss. We talked about a, the potential new, uh, 224 pound weight division, have a little debate about it. Great conversation. Hope you enjoy. It is my distinct pleasure to have as my guest on the Boxing Esquire podcast once again my good friend Scott Schaefer, uh, attorney extraordinaire, um, and uh, welcome back, Scott. Here we go. All right, Kurt, let's do it. <laughs> so, folks, I you know make a, an announcement here. I have like a lot of stuff going on in 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 my professional life. Um, and uh and personal life and uh i'm just worn out so i'm actually uh gonna be stepping down as as the host of the boxing square podcast and i will but good news i will be transitioning it to my friend who's right here scott schaefer um and i know scott's gonna do an excellent job um and scott maybe uh give him a little background on on, on you know things that you've done in boxing and and your uh expertise sure well first of
1: all im'm i am i am really excited and grateful that uh Kurt is trusting me with his uh with his baby here that he's created and uh Kurt and I have known each other twenty three years now <laughs> we've been we've been friends uh we've been friends for twenty three years so it's it's a it's a great honor to to work on something that kurt's uh kurt started from 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 uh the ground um and for those of you who don't know like kurt i'm an I'm an attorney and have been in and around boxing for a number of years now and i've worked with kurt and um as kurt knows uh, i i represented lou de bella over the years uh ricky hatton um i've represented a number of boxers in litigation i've represented some promoters i've, I've done some work with sourland event uh during the showtime super six era um more recently um I represented uh, former cruiserweight champion Christoph Glovatsky. Uh, we had an arbitration hearing with the WBO and it was one of my finer moments as an attorney. Uh, I was able to convince uh, the WBO to guarantee Glovatsky uh, another title shot that should be coming up, by the way, on uh, the Anthony Joshua Kubrat-Pulev undercard. Glovatsky's in tough against Lawrence Coley for the vacant WBO title, but um, just being a part of Helping him get that opportunity uh, was was uh, a big moment for me. So I've been around the sport for a while, and uh, I've been also a writer. I've written for Fight News from the early days of Fight News, and uh, the last bunch of years I've been with BoxingTalk.com, and, you know, check that site out. I uh, pretty much use that as a blog, and, and just uh, have I'm happy to... Uh, try this new opportunity, this new adventure uh, in, in my boxing career. It's, it's been it's been a great ride over the last 23 years and I can honestly say I wouldn't be here um, without Kurt. So, Kurt, should I, should I tell him how we met?
0: <laughs> if you want, sure. Go ahead, man. So, uh,
1: the year was 1997, 23 years ago. Is that math right? I don't want to make an Errol Spence mistake. And, 97 sounds yeah. right. It was definitely 97 and uh, I... Uh, Kurt and I were fresh out of law school, didn't know each other. I was working for New York Life Insurance, and for the first month, uh, I was kind of, they brought in a whole group of young attorneys, and I was kind of the leader of the pack for the first month. And then, uh, after about two months, they kind of rearranged the seating, and I found myself sitting next to this guy, Kurt Emhoff, who had some boxing flash or boxing digest out on his desk, and uh, pretty quickly discovered... uh, we both had a love of boxing, and um, he started taking me to the gym to meet Buddy McGirt and see Lavon Easley train, this boxer this he was managing at the time. Uh, we started pretty much talking boxing from 9 to 5 at work, and uh, within three or four months, I was fired from the job for lack of production. That's, uh, that's absolutely a true story. I was fired from the job because of speak, talking boxing with Kurt excessively, um, it's a blessing in disguise. We've gone on to we've both gone on to bigger and better yes, things in New
0: yes. York. Yes, no longer working in insurance. That's right. right. <laughs>
1: we've both gone on to bigger and better things, but uh, uh, we've got a long history together, and uh, um,
0: I've learned a lot about the sport from Kurt. So uh, let's go, Kurt. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So let's get into some boxing. I, I mean, it was a, it was a massive. Uh, Massive day of fights yesterday, um, starting, uh, you know, in, in England, um, with the, uh, card that was headlined by, Alexander uh, Oleksandr Usyk against Derek Chisora, um, what'd you think of, uh, Usyk's performance in that, in that fight?
1: Well, he won the fight, um, he, two of the judges scored it seven rounds to five. He definitely won the fight, clear of controversy, um, You know, it was the kind of performance, though, that gives you pause about whether he can really uh, compete with Joshua, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. uh, Seemed to have trouble dealing with an aggressive heavyweight like Chisora. Chisora took the fight to him, gave him a lot of problems, and, um, you know, Chisora did not seem like he was in the greatest of physical condition, seemed to be tired, I give Chisora a lot of credit, I mean, he was, you know, huffing and puffing very early in the fight, uh, he kept the pressure up, and, and it gave Usyk a lot of problems, and I think if Usyk finds himself in the ring against Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, he's going to have a much better conditioned guy, and a, a, a more technically skilled guy than Chisora, a an entertaining, exciting brawler, but, I mean, his punches were pretty wide, and He left himself open a lot uh, on his misses. Uh, Usyk took advantage of them and and won the fight, but not by a lot.
0: Right, right, yeah. What what struck me was, uh, you know, Chisora, his feet are incredibly slow. So um, cutting off the ring was very difficult for him. Um, One thing, though, I mean, he was very crafty. One thing he would do, he would get low... And then switched to a, a southpaw stance. And he was catching Usyk like almost all night long with a southpaw jab. Probably his uh, most effective punch. But any time he wound up, um, for the most part he wasn't landing solidly. But you could visibly see Usyk cringe his face. And you could see he felt every shot. And, and was just really uncomfortable in there. And that's, that's what gives you pause... Like, putting him in there with, with a guy like Joshua... Um, who just... Who hits hard and he, he's a lot more pinpoint... Um, than Chisora. doesn't throw looping shots. He, he tends to throw them, you know, much straighter. Uh, more conventional uh, combinations and so on. Um, and, and also, you know, with, with Chisora... I mean, they were actually around the same height. You know, I mean, Usyk... I mean, Usyk may have even had a height and reach advantage. Like, when you look at Joshua and, and Fury... I mean, much bigger guys, physically bigger guys. Um, you know, it's it's really going to be a struggle for him to compete with those guys. But having said that, I mean, if you look at the bigger picture, you know, Chisora, you know, how do you do against Dillian White? I mean, he lost a split decision and, and was, I think, ahead on the cards when Dillian White stopped him in the 11th round. So you have to think Usyk actually beat Chisora more convincingly than Dillian White did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question that Usyk is, is one of the top top six, 5 top 5 I'm going to say at worst 6 or 7 or 8 right um so so we're really just talking about his ability to compete against
0: the, the very top, best the yeah. top 2 guys right
1: um and uh, we're going to get back to this in a later segment of this show but i think this fight showed that uh, you know look look put aside the Chad Weatherspoon fight cuz to me that wasn't a, a Chad Witherspoon was was kind of a semi-retired guy, right? You know, take take that out of the equation, and Usyk is jumping up from fighting two hundred pound guys to two hundred and fifty pound guys, and we're going to get back to that. But there's a big difference. That's a fifty pound difference. Derek Chazor is a two hundred and fifty whatever two hundred and fifty something pound guy, and and, and Joshua and, and and Fury aren't any smaller. So um, they're, they're, those are those are significantly stronger, harder punching guys than even the best cruiserweights. Um, and that's going to be a problem for him against, maybe not against 90% of the heavyweight division, but against the top two or maybe three
0: right. heavyweights, it's,
1: it's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, with with Joshua, I mean, you know, I, I, I was trying to think, like, like Fury especially is going to give him problems just with his length and, and the fact that he's got a great southpaw jab. I mean, if Chisora could find him with his kind of goofy southpaw jab, I mean... You know, Fury's going to touch him all night with that jab. I mean, he's going to have to, you know, somehow, some way find a way in. And, I mean, you know, Usyk likes to fight on the outside. I mean, you know, he, he's going to be lost trying to win from the outside against a Tyson Fury. With, uh, with Anthony Joshua, though, the one thing that, that, that made me think, you know, I mean, the way Usyk, he fights pretty much every fight very similarly. He, he starts off slow. He reads the guy, loses the first couple rounds. And then just builds and builds and builds as the fight goes on and, 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 and gets stronger. A little like and, Lomachenko. Right, throw, exactly. An Olympic teammate. Throws more punches. And the one thing about Joshua, save for the rematch with Ruiz, was he always tends to gas a little bit in, in, in the middle round. So, you know, there's, Joshua has some vulnerabilities that maybe Usa could take advantage of. Um, with his movement, I mean, I don't know that Joshua's feet... Or, I mean, I'm, I'm, I I'm, think he's got much better feet than, than Chisora, but he's not exactly fleet of foot either. Um, certainly not as fleet as, uh, as Usyk. So, you know, I would give Usyk a better chance against Joshua, but Fury is just, like, all wrong for him. That's a very, very tough fight. Okay, so let's
1: talk about the business angle of it real quick. Uh, Usyk is the WBO mandatory contender. Joshua has three of the four belts, including the WBO belt. Um... Seems like the interest is Fury and Joshua want to fight each other for all four belts, and right. I think that four belts seems to be important to them. I mean, Joshua's free to give up the WBO title, but it, it seems it seems to be an important marketing tool that these guys fight for all the belts. Right. And did you see the post fight interview with Usyk? Did you? Did you I did in? not. I didn't. Okay, so you know they asked Usyk, well, what's next, and he didn't say. I'm fighting Anthony Joshua, I'm not stepping aside. You know, he kind of gave the, I want to, you know, had, it's been a tough training camp, I want to go home and spend some time with my family. Uh, that was his answer. He, You know, you didn't hear him demand to fight Joshua next. He didn't say, uh, there's no way in hell I'm I'm going <laughs> to step aside. He kind of left it open a little bit. So, uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, long term, maybe he wants another fight at heavyweight to, to, <laughs> to grow into the division before he takes that on. And I, I you know... I love Usyk. He's, you know, one of the greats in the sport right now, but I'd like to see Joshua fight Fury for all four titles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't see the interview, but I did see his his conversation, like, right after the fight with Chisora. It was hilarious because he goes over and he just, like, you know, after, you know, Chisora got over the disappointment of losing the decision, he gave him a little bit of time and then he went over to talk to him and he just shook his head, like, and just went... Like, dude, you hit hard. I've never been hit like that before, you know. So, so I, I think Usyk was like realizing that, you know, these, you know, these big heavyweights, it's, it's just, you know, it's another level of of concentration and physical punishment that he's going to have to to get through. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that that was an excellent fight. I mean, you want to talk about anything on the undercard? I mean, the the Selby uh, Cambosis fight? Or
1: no, I mean, I. It was a close fight. Uh, I think we'll talk about the lightweight picture a little bit later.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Let's
1: let's talk about...
0: Uh, you you see the top right card? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, obviously talk about the, the, the top of it. Anui looked amazing. I, I thought he looked much better than he did against Donaire, but obviously, you know, the level of opponent. I mean, Jason Maloney's a really tough young you know, kid, you know. Uh, top 10, without question, a top 10 Bantamweight. Um But, I mean, Inui controlled that fight from opening bell to the sizzling right hand he stopped him with. He won every
1: minute of every round until he knocked him out.
0: Yeah. And he showed some things, too. Like, his ability to counter and stay in the pocket, I mean, it was elite, elite elite-level stuff. I mean, very impressive uh, fight for Inouye. His speed looked great. I mean,
1: his his power was unquestioned. Right. uh, Unquestionable. Um, But, you know, he's got power, he's got speed. He can take the lead. He can counter punch. I mean, he he did it all. And like I, like you said, Maloney is, is no slouch. A top right. ten guy, and right. and it, it it was a blowout. Yeah, uh, it was a blowout. And um, I'm actually glad for Maloney that it, it didn't go twelve rounds. Right. Because he didn't take the extended beat. He took enough punishment. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Didn't he didn't was taking
0: single beam. shots, but yeah, I mean, and and that right hand was. It wasn't like I mean it, it was just a really quick counter punch. I mean he had, he had been taking some punishment, but I mean I've seen he hit people harder than he got hit. You know it was just a really well timed shot that he never saw, and it put him out. But uh, but yeah, I mean what I what I really enjoyed about the. About the broadcast was listening to Tim Bradley and Andre Ward just go, "Oh shit, right. wow, this guy's got the goods!" Like yeah. I, I really, really like the way he's fighting. You know, like the, like the subtleties, just you know, with the countering, staying in the pocket, just skills. You could just see them admiring or hear them admiring his skills. Right? They
1: they, they came in almost a
0: little, a little skeptical, a little yeah.
1: skeptical, and, and he and he made them turn them into
0: believers. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that was a really impressive performance and. The great part about it is Bantamweight has some, some great fights for him. You know, I mean, Casemiro looked amazing in his last fight. Just blew out, you know, Duke McCaw. So, I mean, people want to see that fight. And then you've got um, Donaire against uh, yeah, yeah, the WBC champ.
1: Yeah, the Luis Neri.
0: No, it's not Neri. Neri's the, at
1: 122. The, sorry. The, the, the
0: lefty. Ubali. Ubali, yes, yeah. yes. Nordin Ubali, who's, who's, you know, proven to be. I mean, he was an Olympian. He's got great great pedigree and he's just a really really tough out like that you know I mean I don't know who wins that fight between him and Donair I mean that, that, that's that's a really good fight well and, yeah I mean
1: Donair we'll have to see I mean it was a pretty rough fight he had against uh you, yeah it seemed yeah, it like a pretty he rough fight. gave yeah.
0: everything he had in that fight yeah
1: we're, we're talking about the fight against uh Inouye. against against Inui. it was a tough loss it was about a year ago but world uh, boxing
0: super Series final yeah,
1: yeah. um yeah, and you know Riggandau's out there, and 122 pounds is only four pounds away. And right. He, uh, you know, the interesting thing is he skipped a division on his way up. He's a three division champion. A new way is right. And he skipped a division. Right. What did, he, did he skip flyweight? I forget which. He he skipped 115. He skip... I believe. Oh no, he skipped 112. Yeah, he, he skipped went from flyweight. 108 to 115 to 118. Right. Right. And you know he does he want to go back down and win a belt at 115? I mean, there's some great fighters down there. Right. Um you know does he want to go up to 122 does he want to do both i mean there's there's a lot of really good fighters you know within 7 pounds of him and uh, just an endless an endless amount of fights for him so let's just
0: yeah, I, I mean, Estrada's got that rematch with Chocolatito, but if, if Estrada manages to beat Chocolatito, I mean, I would love to see Estrada move up three pounds and, and, and take on Anui. I mean, there right. there, there are a, lot, a ton of fights. Well, maybe Anui
1: wants to move down and, and win that division. Probably not, but you never know. Right,
0: right, right. It's only three pounds, but... Uh... Yeah, man, really impressive, really impressive. Obviously, Michaela Mayer was was dominant in in, in winning her title as well. Um, And and she's calling out Terry Harper. I'd love to see that fight. Junior Lightweight, um, two really exciting fighters. Um, The, uh,
1: The interesting thing is, at least for now, and we'll see how this goes... You know the the promoters seem to be willing to work together a little bit more with the women in terms of making the big fights. Right. And this will be a very interesting test case because Michaela Meyer is now the WBO 130 pound champion. She's uh, top ranked her whole career, I think. Right. Um, and I think one or two of the other champions, well, Bride Nika signed with Matchroom.
0: Right. Uh,
1: Harper's with.
0: Matchroom. Matchroom. and
1: she had a draw with Natasha Jonas, right?
0: Great fight, It was yeah. a great fight. Who's yeah. also
1: with Matchroom. So, yep. the, the, the big names and the big fights for Michaela Meyer are probably in England. Uh, you know, Matchroom has spent a lot of time um, and effort building up the market for women's fights. There were three women's fights on the DAZN show this weekend. Um, uh it seems like the promoters are willing to work together a little bit more for the women, and, and we'll see. I hope so because there's some there's some good fights out there, and um, uh, hopefully it will not be, you know, uh, what we see with Terence Crawford,
0: where just these guys are frozen out. Yeah, these guys just can't make the big <laughs> fights because they're with rival promoters. Right, so. right. No, you're right. It, it, it's definitely. Uh, I think you know it's generally perceived that that you know that there aren't a lot of elite or it's just the 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 it's just a little thinner on the women's side the depth exactly. isn't quite there so if you really want to make good fights you know or, or there there just aren't a lot of great fights out right. there so and, and you know people want to see good fights so and the women are willing to fight each other too i mean there's, a, there's no prima donnas you know pricing themselves out or or what, ha- what have you i mean the women they they want to make money you know right. and, and and
1: and build, a sport. And most build them, the sport most of them seem really dedicated to building the sport and absolutely uh you know the The men's game seems to have you know more cynicism like you know I need to get out of it I need to get out of this sport what I can for me right. and I understand it I mean you know it seems right now like there's it's a lot more riskier to be a male boxer just in terms of potential damage I mean um you know we just heard the news that Alex Saucedo is gonna have to call it a career because he had two brain bleeds in his last fight right um You know, we we haven't really had that much of... uh, You know, women are... They're two-minute rounds, they're 10-round... They're they're two-minute rounds, 10-round fights, not three-minute rounds, 12-round fights. I'm not... I can't say to a scientific certainty that that makes the game safer, but right now there seems to be a spirit among the women, like, hey, like we're on the verge of of really taking the sport to a next level, and and, and let's make these fights not only for ourselves, but for the good of the sport. And you just don't kind of... I don't get, you know, that Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury, just to name two, are necessarily making their career choices based on the good of the sport.
0: Right, right, right. No, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, I think the women have have more of a sense of of community and and the greater good, uh, and and you know, pushing women's boxing forward. So, you know, maybe with with that spirit in mind, you know, they are you know willing to take those you know take more risks. Um, so, but, um... Let's talk about the the third the third big show of the weekend.
1: Yeah, the, what, uh... What you, do you think of Gravante Davis and Leo Santa Cruz?
0: I thought, you know, it was a really interesting fight. Really interesting fight, um, because, you know, you, a lot of, when when it was initially announced, I think most people thought, ah, oh, you know, Gravante's just gonna blow him out. He's too big, you know, because I, I think most people thought it was gonna be 135 pounds. Right. But then once you know, they they decided that, you know, Gervonta was going to have to make 130. It's kind of like, all right, it evens it out a little more. And, and then the more you thought about it, you're like, wow, you know, Gamboa went, you know, almost went 12 with Davis and, and, you know, no one's really, you know, hurt Santa Cruz and he's a volume puncher. And it's like, man, if he can take Gervonta's shots, you know, he could out hustle him. So you're, you're kind of like thinking, man, you know, this could be a really good fight. And in the way the the fight started, the first couple rounds, I mean, Leo, you know, seemed really comfortable in there. And, you know, Gervonta's power didn't seem to bother him. And and he was out hustling Gervonta. But then, you know, Gervonta got a little warmed up and and it started taking over the fight. Uh, But it was really interesting. I think, you know, it it ended in the sixth round, I believe, right? Yes. the sixth round, it seemed like Santa Cruz was taking it back. Like, he actually was having his best round. He was landing, and you could see Davis's face lumping up. And, you know, it, it, it seemed like things might be going back Santa Cruz's way. And then that just bazooka of <laughs> an uppercut detonated on, right. on uh, Santa, Santa Cruz's uh, chin. And, man, he was out from the time he got hit. And, and I mean, he was out, out. Like, yeah. he didn't move for, like, a couple minutes, and it was scary. Um, but, but, you know, then when, once he got up, he seemed to be okay, but man, just And I I love the,
1: and I love the way Davis, you know, found the angle to throw it. I mean, he, he shifted, he shifted over to his left and just,
0: it, it it was really, you can't, honestly, I don't know that you can teach that, you know I mean? It's just, it's just one of those punches that, that he throws and, uh, and he just has a feel for it. And he was he landed a, a bunch of them during the night but just didn't quite he was get, a, for to, it. get yeah, enough of it. Santa Cruz. Yeah, I mean he said, yeah, in, in the interview after the fight that, you know, he, he knows that Leo kinda leans forward a little bit and doesn't move his head a lot. So he knew the uppercut was gonna be there and he landed it a couple times but just didn't get it get it all until that sixth round. So so
1: we're we're in November now, so we're we're ten months ten months done, two two months to go. Knockout of the year?
0: Is that your knockout
1: of the year leader? Shh. <laughs>
0: There's been so, you know, for, for a, a shortened year, there, there, there's so many really great candidates. You know, I mean... You got um, Povetkin over Dillian White. Povetkin and Dillian White. You know, obviously uh, Zepeda and Baranchik. That was like a devastating one-punch one. I think the, the, the clubhouse leader before COVID was uh, Leader Alvarez. Um, I think, against was it Michael Seals? Yeah, uh, which was really early in the year, but it, that was like another one punch just detonation where he just left seals hanging on the ropes. Um,
1: and then, and then uh, also Joe Smith had a pretty good, pretty not quite that level, but Joe Smith knocked out Lito Alvarez. That was a pretty good one too.
0: It, it was a good knockout, but yeah, it wasn't like that explosive right. just one and I mean it, it it ended up that way, but it wasn't like he didn't leave, he didn't put him out like you know I mean. Dillian White was out. Right. Santa Cruz was out. Baranchik was out. Well,
1: I, I have Davis and... Davis is KO Santa Cruz as my number one of the year so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, you kind of have to go back and watch them all again, but I just think, you know, I mean, as good a fight as Baranchik, Zapata was, and to my mind, I mean, I, I don't think there's any... I mean, I don't know how you top that as fight of the year. I mean, eight right. knockdowns in, right. in five rounds. It's just un believable but... um, yeah, just the what was at stake in the Davis fight, two titles on the line, two weight divisions, the, the caliber of the fighters and just how clean that shot was. I mean it's hard to argue against it, but you know right. I mean Povetkin's shot was damn clean too, and that was two top heavyweights. I mean, it's it's really Kind of a toss-up, and, and you don't want to, you know, have, suffer from like recency bias. So maybe maybe give it like a month or two. And, well, we, and can, we can re- revisit this at the year's <laughs> end. But I, I've, I've
1: got this number one right now. Maybe maybe I have And that's was, legit. Like, that's it, legit. It was a thing of beauty. I think. Yeah, we can agree on that. Whether it's number one or two or three, it was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of beauty
0: <coughs> because Santa Cruz was was winning the round. You know, and, and seemed to be taking back the fight. Um, and, and the and, you know, like, Javante, I've never seen Javante lumped up like that. I've never seen him get hit like he was getting hit by Santa Cruz. So right.
1: Well, next next weekend's another busy weekend of boxing. But uh, Showtime will be showing the delayed broadcast of that fight next week. So, if you haven't seen it... Uh, yeah,
0: I'd definitely check it out. It was it's a it's very competitive fight, two, very compelling two, fight. Two
1: of the recent... I mean, Santa Cruz is a four-division champion, so he's got to be considered a, a recent great.
0: Yeah. And Davis looks... Looks like he's on his way to being a. Great he's got guy. he's got the goods, and man, if you if these guys can just stay at one thirty five and all fight each other, I mean, man, you got Gervonta. Yeah, got... let's let's hold that thought. And come <laughs> back
1: to that. We want to come back to that, but I want to I want to talk about something else uh, that 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 broke uh, over the weekend, and that was uh, Deontay Wilder ended his social media uh, social media silence and. Uh, really said some controversial things. I'm going um, to read a little bit of it to you. But this yeah. was, this was, uh, this is a video that Deontay Wilder posted on Twitter. And uh, he started talking about the Bible. I'm going to skip through a little bit of that. But, um, uh, you know, he, he was clearly talking to Tyson Fury here and said, um, I quote, What you don't understand, thief, what you did is what my people deal with all the time. Someone cheating them from providing their greatness into the world. It's a burden we cut, it's a burden we cut off only to make us stronger. I saw in the first fight when your cornerman, Ricky Hatton, was pulling down your glove to put your fist in the improper position. You all tried the same method the second time, but this, and that time you scratched the f- flesh out of my ears, which caused my ears to bleed. It's impossible for a brand new 10-ounce glove to bend, to keep a smushed-in form or to have loose space in it. I highly believe you put something hard in your glove, something the size and shape of an egg weight. It's the reason why the side of my face swelled up in an egg weight form, and it left a dent in my face as well. But in the midst of all of it, you still can't keep this king down. You would have to kill me. And then, he said, In the end, it took a a crab-in-a-bucket referee and a disloyal trainer, that's a reference to Mark Breland, Mm. to throw the towel in just to stop me. And he went on some bi- quoting, quoting some, some Bible scriptures and, and says, payback is coming. Mm.
0: And so, um, Did he also say something about putting something in the water? Or?
1: Well, in a separate interview, not on that video, in, okay. in, in, a, in a subsequent interview, he th- was then asked about the videotape and, and said he believes that uh, his water was spiked with, I mean, he wasn't exactly scientific, but he seemed to be saying that the water was spiked with some kind of muscle relaxant. Mm. And uh, he said that he believes that that Mark Breland was in on it. Mm. Um, so you want we, we we to <laughs> where to start? We, we got a
0: few to <laughs> un, We got a
1: few things to unpack there. Um, uh, number one, um, why don't you? You know, you've, you've represented guys and, and 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 been in locker rooms. Let's let's talk about the accusation first. That Fury had an egg, egg weight in his, in, inside his glove.
0: Uh, I, 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 I mean, you know... To, why don't you tell the viewers you know, what the process is for gloving up? So, so, yeah, I mean, generally, especially with a fight that big, um, w- when the fighter just tapes up, when he gets his hands taped, first of all, there's an inspector from the commission there at all times in the locker room watching what's going on. I mean, you can't even go take a pee if you're the fighter without the inspector coming in and following you. So you've got an inspector there at all times. And when a fighter gets his hand wrapped, uh, especially, you know, for fights that big, and honestly, generally for main events uh, at any fight, uh, a representative from the other camp comes in and, and, and supervises, you know, and, and watches the person wrapping the hands. So just to make sure that, you know, they're following the rules and that nothing like that happens, you know. Obviously, famously, you know, Margarito got caught, you know, putting some, you know, dried up uh, plaster. Yeah, plaster-like substance. I mean, I don't know if it ended up being actually being plaster, but um, some something in it that was really hard in in the in the in the padding part of it. Because right. sometimes guys will have, you know, they'll have that that that, you know, uh, they'll, they'll make a little pad. I mean. I've been in locker rooms. I mean, it was a championship fight. I mean, in in France. I mean, uh, uh, and dom when my guy Lorenzo fought and Dom, Like Andam was trying to use sanitary pads, and I and I, I brought the WBA commissioner in and said, "Listen, you know, you can't put that on your hands. You know, that, that's an illegal rap, You know," and 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 he had to take it off. So. You have someone from your camp go over and watch the hand wraps and make sure that now, nothing you, goes you in you there that's the a foreign substance. Do you, do you get to sign the wraps? No, no, no. The, the representatives don't sign the wraps, but the inspector does.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it puts a signature on the wraps?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And then the glove comes on.
0: Right. And then, then they glove up. And, you know, usually the inspector will, I mean, sometimes, I mean, I, I can't say that every inspector, like, feels the glove, but generally they do. You know, um, you know they, they make sure that, that, that it, it feels like it's got padding, obviously, since the, the Collins fight, the Resto-Collins fight, where the padding was taken out. So, yeah, you, they, they inspect the glove. They, they watch how the, the glove gets put on and, and, and taped. And, and they um, sign their name over the tape. And they sign their name over the tape. So yeah. that if someone takes off the tape... Oh, and the gloves are also... The commission stores the gloves from the rules meeting. They store them. Right. So that no one has access to them, and they've inspected them at the rules meeting, and both sides get to inspect that's, that's, the
1: gloves. That's, now you're talking about at the at the weigh-in.
0: Yeah, the weigh-in. yeah after the weigh-in, there's been, a I've rules been,
1: I've been meeting. I've been at this too. There's a yeah. weigh-in, and usually, from what I've seen, um, and I've been at some world championship fights, uh, they have the gloves out. They're 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 wrapped and sealed. Right. And usually, you have a, a, two pairs of for each for each boxer. Right. And the other side has the opportunity to, to touch them in the... It,
0: yeah, they to put, them them on, put them on, put them on, yeah, and, and feel them, and, and, I mean, listen, and again, I mean, I've, I've been at...
1: And the boxer then, the boxer selects which pair he wants.
0: Yeah, they select the their, their number one and their number two. Right. Because just, just in case a glove splits or something happens in the fight, you need to have a second pair.
1: So if there was some tampering with the glove, it would be presumably noticed right then and there.
0: Right, right. If there was tampering with the glove... You would notice it. I mean, I would hope that you would notice it at at, at the rules meeting. But after the rules meeting, once you pick those gloves, the commission or the commission the sem- wraps them up, puts them in a bag. You know, puts number one and number two on it, and they keep them at the commission. And then they bring them the night of the fight, so that there's no funny business with the gloves.
1: And then when you break them out, that was the process you just described about watching the hand wraps. Right. Right. And, and and once the gloves are on, they put tape over the gloves and sign and sign Right, right,
0: tape. yeah. The commission wa- watches you put the glove on, you know, tape the glove up, and then you know, if, if if they're satisfied that you know no funny business is going on, they they initial it.
1: And so, what do you? I mean, this is kind of a set up question, but <laughs> so what do you think of the likelihood that 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 if someone wanted to do that, that they
0: could slip an egg an egg weight. I mean, it, it egg weight into the glove. See, first, first of all, to me, the whole egg weight thing—like, how does that even work? I mean, so you're saying he's holding the egg? I mean, does he hold it in his fist? I mean, you couldn't even make like a fist if you're trying to hold. it. I mean, it would like hurt your hand to try right. and punch with that. Right. So, I mean, I mean, is he saying they put they put it in 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 the pad in the wraps? I mean, an egg weight would stick out like a well, maybe, sword. Maybe, oh. maybe maybe Deontay didn't go into this kind of detail,
1: but you know, know did you see the? Did you see the footage from the first fight where Fury kind of threw a punch and the, the, gloves the glove was, like was, flapping? The glove was flapping. So, so maybe their theory is that the egg weight was in between. It was in the where, padding where of the, the glove or maybe. something. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it would be so obvious if that he was like whipping a, an egg weight in a glove. Right. You know, I mean, it just this honestly, it just sounds just absolutely ridiculous. It's
1: it's 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 crazy talk and. I usually wouldn't want to give it really credence, but this is a fight that so many people saw. It's of such importance to the sport. And, and quite frankly, you know, if you look at the video on Twitter, this wasn't a video that was just a stream of consciousness rant or, or maybe, you know, we, we've seen boxers, you know, late at night, maybe drunk or just upset or distressed and just wanting to unload their conscience uh, on social media. This wasn't that. This was a, a video. It, it looked like Deontay was memorized or was reading a few of his lines. Well produced, yeah. He he thought this through. He quoted the Bible. Uh, there was there was music in the background. Someone added in some footage and and some pictures of, of his cut, of the cut on his ear. So this this was this was something that was well thought out, um, and that's why that's why I want to address it. And I mean, look to to me, it's even if if. if Fury was inclined to cheat like that. He didn't have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. I mean, have you have you heard of? You know, we we've heard one. We've heard we've heard two stories. We've heard you know Panama Lewis taking the stuffing out of the gloves for, right, for Louis right. Resto. I mean, that was
0: that was the in the nineteen clo- seventies. The, the closest I've heard to this, and and some people say it's a legend, is Jack Dempsey with with the plaster Paris. In in his raps um, against Jess Willard. That's over
1: 100 years ago. and (laughs) The protocols have changed since then.
0: Right, 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 right. So, I mean, listen, you know, I remember when George Foreman lost to Ali. He said that he got, you know, someone put something in his water and the count was too fast and this and that. And remember Klitschko saying after he got beat by Brewster that someone must have, you know put something in his Vaseline or, or, right. or the water. Right. So it's, it's not really anything new when, when like, a, it's a heavyweight champ who's embarrassed to have been beaten by... and knocked out by someone who was not supposed to knock them out. Um, you know, it's maybe pride talking. And, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, when Deontay made the excuse that it was the costume that was right. too heavy. It's just, like, fighters have to kind of lie to themselves and, 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 and say, that that wasn't me, you mm-hmm. know, um, to, to maintain that 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 feeling of invincibility and so on, it's like it had to be loaded gloves. It had to be some sort of something in the water because you know otherwise you know I, I wouldn't have gotten beaten right. by by Tyson. And, a and, and in a
1: way, that's that's admirable. In a way, and, right? I, I mean, you if you're managing a boxer, you want him to to believe he's invincible. and right. It had to be some outside factor that's right, not gonna right, happen again. Right. Some cheap but, but this this really goes this really goes beyond the pale and it's it's distressing that he accused Fury of this, but it's even more distressing that he went after Mark Breland. Right. You know, right. I, I mean like we you and I we've both met Mark Breland. We, you know we don't know him closely personally but I mean he was a nineteen eighty for those of you who don't know, nineteen eighty four Olympic gold medalist, former welterweight champion, maybe a two time welterweight title holder. Yes. Um you know one of the greatest amateurs in US history um had a very good pro career maybe not a hall of fame not a hall of fame career but but a good pro career right. and he, and he's been with Wilder almost since the beginning of his career right and you know 1984 is 36 years ago i've never heard anybody say anything bad about mark breland
0: right a- anything ever right right, right. A- about him
1: in 36 years and you know, to think that he would betray I mean that's a that's a pretty deep betrayal. I mean you've been with this right. guy for fifteen years and he was let let's make this clear. Deontay Wilder accused him of spiking his water so that uh, with with some kind of muscle relaxant and then throwing in the towel uh to help Fury. Um and those are very, very, very serious
0: accusations. Yeah, and, um, it's very disappointing.
1: It's it's disappointing, and it's 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 kind of beyond the pale. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, man. Like, Mark Mark is. I mean, anyone will tell you Mark's a class act. You know, he's I mean, just really humble for for what he's accomplished. Just super nice guy, very quiet, always unassuming type guy. Um, and, you know, it's kind of been the consensus in the boxing community. He did the right thing throwing the towel in. His man was taking a beating. He was bleeding from the ear. You don't know if that's a punctured eardrum at the time. Um, you know, he hadn't won a round in a while. had been down twice. Fury had him in a corner and was working him over. Um, it, I mean, most everyone <laughs> besides Deontay thinks that Mark did the right thing. And fine, you want to quibble with that, but but accusing him of spiking the water, unless you have, some... or, or having an ulterior motive and throwing in the towel, right, right. Unless you have some 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 awesome evidence of that, you know, like like you tested positive for some muscle relaxer afterwards. Unless you show me some proof that this happened, I mean, it's just it's just it's slanderous. It really is. And Mark Breland does not deserve that.
1: No, he doesn't. And um, uh, you know, look. I can't help but thinking of the the same day that Wilder released his video the news came out like I said before Alex Saucedo junior welterweight contender he's never going to fight again his career is over because he had a he had a, a hematoma he had a brain bleed he had right. two brain bleeds from what they reported his career is over and, and and who's to say that if this fight I mean Tyson Fury's a, not the world's hardest puncher, but he's a 280-pound man. Right. And and who's to say if that fight went on 30 seconds long or a round longer that that wouldn't have happened to Deontay Wilder? Right, right. You know, I mean, it's pretty clear to most people that Wilder was not going to win that fight. And yes, right. he's a...
0: He's know, always got that, like, one-punch you know, ability, it, it but... It really didn't seem like it was coming in that fight. Right. I mean, he was getting... It's cut. a judgment call by the corner, you know, and... and to my mind, you're, you you want err on the side of my guy's gonna live to fight another day. Especially when you got a
1: rematch clause.
0: Right. When you've got a rematch clause. Um, I don't know, man. I mean to my mind, like the less said about this the better. I mean it's just you know, Deontay's making, you know, some really, really just out outlandish accusations and I, you know, at this point in time, uh, it's just kind of best left ignored. <laughs> you uh, <know>? I, I, <laughs> but I, I, you mean? We you, I, you address him though, because I mean, Mark Mark doesn't deserve it. Mark doesn't deserve it Yeah.
1: Okay. So so let's 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 move on and and let's just leave it at that. I'm I'm very disappointed with with uh, with Deontay Wilder here. Okay. So uh, let's talk a little bit further about what's next for Deontay Wilder now. My Conspiracy theory, a lot, lot less, a <laughs> lot less evil. My conspiracy theory is: you, you've, Have you heard the talk from the WBC and Mauricio Suleiman about uh, starting a new weight class a 224-pound yes. yes. weight class? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so Suleiman has been talking for a few weeks about uh, uh, this starting a new weight class, 224 pounds, and and we'll go into a little more of the details in a minute. But, um, you know, the talk of it is heating up right around the time that that Deontay Wilder is now. Um, apparently not going to fight a third fight against Tyson Fury. He says he wants to. Fury says he's moved on. He's, you know, looking at other opponents. Um, You know, my theory is the WBC might be creating this weight class just for Deontay Wilder, Hmm. and that the announcement of this weight class is going to coincide with, and the first fight in the history of this new weight division, which doesn't have a name yet, uh, is going to be Deontay Wilder versus, I would assume to be some kind of, Credible yet semi-handpicked opponent um, <laughs> to get things started, and and that could be kind of a face-saving way for Wilder to get out of a rematch with Fury that most people seem to think would not be a great career move for him, other than the other than for the cash.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I if I subscribe to that theory. I, I think it's just more the the WBC wants to create a, a new weight division. Um, now, in, in all honesty, this weight division has been talked about. Honestly, I remember when Lennox Lewis was heavyweight champ, people were talking about, you know, you know, the difference between him and Holyfield, and, and you know him and Bo, and Galata and Holyfield. I mean, Holyfield's just too small. Like, you know, if heavyweights are going to, you know, on the regular V200 and Michael Grant, you know, um, 250 pounds or more, you know, maybe we need a, a, a division between you know, cruiserweight and, and heavyweight. It's just, it's such a huge leap to go from cruiserweight to heavyweight. So what do you think? Do we need the division? I mean, my, I tend to think that we've got enough weight divisions, you know. I mean, I, I see the logic, you know, of, of that where, you know, when when it just really is, you know. I mean, it's hard, you know. It's hard for cruiserweights to move up and, and fight heavyweight. I mean, you know, back in the day, light heavyweights had a heck of a time, you know. And the heavyweights have just gotten bigger and bigger. Um, but, you know, we've already got 17 weight divisions. It just seems like, you know, it's, you know, another title and more confusion and you're going to have five, seven, eight more champions with all the, if all the, the sanctioning bodies jump in. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. And
1: I'm going to disagree with you on this one, Kurt. I, I okay. like this idea. Okay. And, okay. Uh, you know, you've known me long enough to know I'm not a, I'm not a huge supporter of the sanctioning bodies and their, their different moves for weight classes and titles I think a lot of the stuff they do is ridiculous I actually kind of like this idea mm. um, you know I, I was thinking of you know Usyk and the and the, and the trouble he had with with Chisora and you know I was kind of putting together like what would the division look like if they started it now and you know Wilder's generally I mean the 224 number That I mean that's another thing that that, that kind of set off a, a buzzer in my head the two twenty four, the, the number two twenty four, that seems like the almost tailor made for Deontay Wilder.
0: Yeah, why not two twenty five? I mean,
1: I mean he's, he's yeah. I mean, but but I mean, he's he's been you know between two eighteen and two twenty five for most of his fights, I think. Right. So so I mean, that seems to be the perfect way. From but but beyond Wilder, you know, you'd have Usyk would, would fit right into that division. Right. Uh, Michael Hunter.
0: Right. Uh,
1: you'd have uh, Murat Gassiev, who right. just returned to action uh, with a tune-up fight this weekend in Russia. Right. Former, You know, he's a former Cruiserweight champion. That, that's uh, four guys right there. Uniel Dordikos, I think, would, would move up into that division.
0: Probably Breedis, too. I mean, he's won the World Boxing Super Series, probably won some lucrative fights. So.
1: Uh, he might do it for the money. I think he's pretty
0: physically... He's not at heavyweight before, He, he did
1: knock out Manuel Char. He
0: knocked right. out Char. Uh,
1: so he could be in there. Right. Um, uh, Frank Sanchez, the, the young Cuban who fight for PBC, would be... Right. Perfect for that division. Right. Uh, um, We—that's seven or eight guys right there. Right, um, right. Some, someone else is probably slipping my mind, but you know, the, the cruiserweights moving up and the smaller heavyweights, and you could have some good fights in there. And that could be kind of a, a passageway to a, a real heavy, you know, a, a shot at the at the real heavyweight title.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, it—I it, mean, it seems like the WBC is pretty intent on you know implementing this. I mean, they, didn't they have Tony Bellu kind of look into it? And, yep, yep. Um, I mean, if it happens, it happens, you know. I mean, like I said, my, my objection is more, it's just like, you know, enough, you know, we, we have I, enough weight division. I, I can't
1: disagree with you. I mean, right. I can't disagree with you. But if you have this mechanism that would get, stop Michael Hunter or Alexander Usyk from being avoided and, and, and make some of these fights, I mean, you know, if if... if you know, in an ideal world, if this was going to be a real weight class and, and, and we'd see Wilder versus Usyk for the first championship fight, right? Those would be the top two guys in the division. If if this is a mechanism that can make a fight like that happen, that's a fight I'd like to see. I mean, it, it could make some good fights happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight. I don't know that we need this division to make that fight, but... Uh, um Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man.
1: Let Joshua fight Fury and let Wilder fight Usyk for the...
0: (laughs) But, I mean, you know, beyond that, I mean, my thing is, like, the the cruiserweight division has not exactly been, you know... I mean, it it got implemented, there was maybe a need for it, but it's never really taken flight, you know? It's never become one of the glamour divisions of the sport. I mean, when Holyfield was there, it got a little attention, you know? The World Boxing Super Series has has tried to... uh, you know, I mean, uh, kind of raise its profile. But, you know, cruiserweight, and not that there aren't great heavy, great fights at cruiserweight. There are. It just doesn't, at least over here in the U.S., it's never really caught fire. Um, if you create yet another division, I don't know, man. I, I, I just think, you know, the cruiserweights already are kind of like, you know, it's dead over here you know, the the junior heavyweight division. Right. I don't know what
1: they're going to call they're, it. They're saying they have a name for it, and that, that's going to be a big reveal that they've been promising for a couple of weeks now. Um, you know, the, I don't know, the Joe Frazier weight or something. But, um, you know, look, I think it's a good idea. I like the idea of it. Uh, if you're, asking, if you're If you're asking me, do I think the, sa- are, are the sanctioning bodies going to execute it properly? I don't have any faith in that. I mean, you know, one of the other things Suleiman said when he was talking about it, was that he would change cruiserweight back to the original 190-pound weight limit. Mm. And, you know, if the WBC did that and the other sanctioning bodies didn't follow, you know, well, what would that do to cruiserweight fights? I yeah, mean, I mean, you know, we, you're, you're a cruiserweight...
0: Or unifications, yeah. You're, you're
1: a cruiserweight who can't... Who, 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 who can make 200 but can't make 190
0: Yeah, you can't... Or, or you want to unify the titles and... Right, you can't do a World Boxing Super Series again with that division. So... Um, and you know Cali wants, probably wants to do it a third year in a row, but... Well, it's been great. I, I've, I've thoroughly been. enjoyed it. I yeah, mean, there's been some... I mean, definitely the... It, it the,
1: created Usyk.
0: The, yeah, it created I mean, Usyk. The Gassiev-Dortico's fight was, was, a, was a classic. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think as it is, as it is, I mean... At the top level of heavyweights, it's pretty good, but the heavyweights, as you fan out, it's it's kind of thin. You know, cruiserweights, kind of the same way. It's not not the deepest of divisions. If you create another division, man, it's just it's just gonna like thin out the the, the big guys. I don't know, man. I, I just don't think there's enough depth for you know that division. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I just don't see it as 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 creating as much excitement as it could, and I think you know, Wilder and, and Usyk, you know, they see that the big money is fighting Fury and Joshua, you know, I mean, I don't know, I I just don't, I don't see it taking off, I see, you know, I mean, if the WBC implements it, they implement it, it seems like they're going to, we're gonna have to live with it, but I'm not gonna be happy about right,
1: it. Well, we're gonna come back and debate this, and maybe you'll be proved right, and maybe I'll be proved right, and <laughs> we're, we're gonna come back and debate this, so let's, <laughs> Let's take it down about 90 pounds and and talk about the lightweight division. I interrupted you before when Mm. you were just getting on a roll about how excited you were about Javante Davis. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there's just so much talent at lightweight right now, but all these guys have to stay there, and the powers that be have to be willing to make the fights. But, I mean, you've got Javante Davis. You've got, obviously, Teofimo Lopez. He's the man. Yeah, he is the lightweight champion of the world. Correct. Forget the sanctioning bodies and all that. Right. You know, all the belts were on the line, but, you know, he beat Lomachenko, who had pretty much was the acknowledged number one guy in the division. And Lopez had kind of gotten to the number two, you know, I think pretty much by consensus. He's
1: he's the champion.
0: Yeah. Okay. He's the, he's, the, he's the lightweight champion of the world, but you've got, you know, you've got Lomachenko still, who's who's going to be on the shelf a little bit with injury. But Gervonta, with that electrifying performance, I can't imagine he's going to stay at 130 pounds or just aren't, you know, there aren't the fights there. I mean, you know. I'll do respect to you know Jamal Herring and then you know JoJo Diaz and you I know I mean, Burchell Ber- Ber- is a good fight but Burchell wants to move up to one thirty five that's right. what I've heard he's he's a big thirty pounder you got the, you got a cat named Shakur Stevenson there well there's Shakur that, and, that, that, and that's and, a solid fight and Lomachenko could move down but he could he could but both of those guys are with top rank you know okay. so the, the, those are you know probably not the, you know the the, the fights that are likely to, to to happen right away. I mean, unless there's some sort of, you know, thawing of the, of the some sort of detente, you know, where suddenly PBC and Top Rank are making, you know, a lot of fights together. Right. But I mean, you, yeah, you've got Gervante, you've got Teofimo, Loma, you've got, you know, obviously Devin Haney, who may be the most talented of all of these guys. You know, I mean, he's he's shown, you know, with the eye test, you look at him and you think, this could be the next Mayweather. I mean, he's very elusive. He hits with power at this weight. He's a big 135-pounder. You know, you've got him. Ryan Garcia coming yeah. up has been very exciting. But well,
1: let, me, let me just stop you right there because we, we, you know, we came up in an era of the four kings. Right. We came up in, you know, Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, Marvin Hagler, Roberto Duran, the four kings. Right. They all fought each other. Most
0: of them were all great fights. And there was like a fifth guy in there, Wilfred Benitez, yeah, So had some yeah, there,
1: and Yeah, exactly. And there was, there was a good support, there was a good supporting cast, too, right? beyond those guys. And, you know, I ran Barkley, when these guys moved up in weight, I mean, they were, they were just great fights. Right. And they were the four kings. And, and, and you look at Lopez, you know, Teofimo Lopez, you look at Javante Davis, you look at Ryan Garcia, and you look at Devin Haney. And they're all
0: like twenty-five uh, and under. I yeah, I think they're maybe even twenty-four and under. <laughs> right, right.
1: And they're all undefeated. And these guys can, these guys can just fight each other, and it, it could play out for years. You know, like the way we're kind of seeing at one hundred fifteen pounds, with, with uh, well, let's let's not get into that. But these guys can fight. <laughs> these guys can fight each other for years. And you've got the supporting cast. You've got right. You know, Lomachenko still around. Right. You've got. Uh, got Burchelt. You've got Burchelt, you got Felix Verdejo, Right, right. You've got you know, guys that, these guys can move up to one forty and there's there's plenty of guys at one forty. Oh yeah. Th- I mean th- this this could this could be five or six years of just unbelievable fights if if they can get made and if you can put aside the promoters right. and if these guys are willing to fight each other and I, I just I really hope we can see that and I hope these guys can um, not let these petty squabbles about you know the regular champion and the right. the, the email champion and the, <laughs> the franchise
0: champion. I liked what I heard from Tiafimo Lopez. He was just like you know you know let's let me fight Haney. Let's do it. You know I, I want to fight these guys. I want to fight guys of my generation. Right. And and I know that Garcia and Haney have definitely talked about fighting and and are very serious about it. And I think if Garcia beats Campbell, which is definitely not a given. I mean, honestly, looking at their resumes. You'd make Campbell the favorite, I mean, this is a guy who was a gold medalist, you know he's got a ton of pedigree, you know gave Lomachenko a very good fight, you know, gave Lenaris, you know i mean you could have, you know that was that one could have went either way um really good fight, big lefty, you know, just a really, really tough fight, so if Garcia can get past him you know and 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 haney's willing to fight, you know that's a great you know, these guys seem like they're they're willing to fight each other. Um, and I think, you know, Aram made some noise about, you know, if Garcia gets past Campbell, he might just bring him in to fight Teofimo Lopez and circumvent that fight with Haney. So it'll be interesting to see who collides first, you know, with these guys. I just hope they happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah same here. You know,
1: and, and, and it could go either way right now. Because,
0: right.
1: you know, there's so many... And
0: Javante th- thinks he's like, he could sun all of these guys. I mean, you know, when they talk about him and Haney... He thinks Haney's like a little boy. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, but, but, the, but the problem is, and you alluded to it in, in our last segment, there are so many belts, and there are yeah. so many weight classes. These and, guys, if and they, they want can, to. They provide escape routes for these right. guys if they right. don't right. want right. to fight. Right, You right. know, you can move up, you can move down, you can fight for this title, you can go in another direction. Yeah. You could ask for a franchise championship designation. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying right. Lomachenko did that. I'm not, right. I'm not taking sides, but there's... there's the sport these days offers, you know, many excuses if yeah. you don't want to make a fight. Yes. And uh, let's hope these guys do want to make the fights.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, they're all fights I want to see. Like, and, and, and they seem like they'd be really elite level fights. You know, um, they'd be exciting fights. They'd be fights.
1: Right. And there'll be rematches and controversies right. and guys right. fighting each other. And it can, right. it, can do, it can create an endless series that could, you know, yeah. thrill yeah. fans for years to come. Okay, last topic of the day. Do you want to talk about the Canelo Alvarez lawsuit? We've both been following that pretty closely.
0: Um, go ahead, yeah. I mean, it's mostly just kind of stuck in procedural land right now. It hasn't really, you know, I mean, it looks, like, look, it looks like it's headed to arbitration. I mean, you know, that it's come out that there's arbitration clauses in both contracts you know, I mean, not, not to bore people with right. uh, I, I don't, I don't want <laughs> the National Arbitration Act and exactly. go, go into all that. I
1: mean, there's, there's very few boxing legal nerds like us out there. <laughs> so, so we'll try not to get into the weeds, but um, the, my takeaway is that all this procedural stuff, to me, indicates that Alvarez's attorneys are not really pushing this thing too far. Mm. They filed a lawsuit... They're not moving for a preliminary injunction. They're, not, they're Again, try not to get too technical. They're not, they're not taking any steps to speed up this lawsuit. You know, a lawsuit from start to finish will take two years. Uh, and I don't see Alvarez sitting on the sideline for two years, but at the same time, I don't see his attorneys doing anything to speed this up. They haven't moved for a preliminary injunction. They could just say, hey, you know what, there's an arbitration clause in there. Let us let's, let's right, just get the let's arbitration going. Sh- let's get let's just it. On. Yeah. <laughs> as a matter of fact they, as <laughs> a matter of fact when when uh, when DeZone and Golden Boy both filed papers with the court and said, Hey, we wanna arbitrate this Alvarez's lawyers said, Well, we wanna fully brief this issue. We wanna we wanna really have a hearing about this, uh, and that's a process that's gonna take two or three months and that's not even gonna decide, you know, who's writing this. That's just gonna decide whether this dispute goes forward in arbitration or this dispute goes forward in court right And 3 months just to get there
0: right right and and your fighters sitting collecting dust you know and not fighting so i mean what do you think is the is is the strategy here i mean why do you think they're not pushing this along and and, and trying to you know get a resolution i mean is it is it i mean Do you think they're talking back channel and and, and working on uh, settling? I mean, I know there was some sort of mediation. We we know
1: they had a mediation, and we know the mediation did succeed, and I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I don't want to be overly critical about Alvarez's attorneys, but I don't see the big picture for them. Hmm. I mean, to me, the situation is, okay, Canelo Alvarez has a contract, uh, not directly with his own, but... but with Golden Boy and Golden Boy has a deal with his own and Alvarez is supposed to get thirty five million dollars a fight. Right. And nobody offered him that nobody offered him that kind of a fight in you know after the COVID era. Right. So he's suing. Yeah. Um you know, is there someone else out there who's gonna be able to pay him thirty-five million dollars a fight?
0: I, I would assume that that Golden Boy probably took the temperature of that and, and realized, hell no, there's no one who's yeah. gonna pay thirty five million mean, dollars. In fact, you know, Rumor has it, you know, the zone is cutting their budget, like slashing the budget for for 2021. You know, and and the other networks, you know, who knows what's going to happen with them. Um, you know, I mean, ESPN just didn't renew Steve Kim's contract. Fox like dropped some of their shoulder programming. So you know, basically, the zone is stuck with a 35 million dollar a fight contract that they don't want to pay. So, I mean. The end game seems to be working something out with that, but obviously Canelo and Golden Boy haven't been seeing eye to eye. So, and I would
1: just I would just add that uh, you know we'll wait and see what the Javante Davis Leo Santa Cruz pay per view numbers were, but it doesn't seem like pay per view is, is the way to go to make forty million these
0: days. I either. mean, yes, I mean Top Rank's given up on it. Yeah, I mean you know Loma Loma Lopez, you know to me was just as good a, you know. A good fight, or is a appetizing quality fight. Yeah, as appetizing to boxing fans as as Santa Cruz and Javante Davis. But but is, you know after the 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 Crawford uh, pay per view just kind of flopped with Khan. You know, I mean, you know, Todd DeBuff, you know, is 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 a big you know TV nerd, you know, and, and he, I'm sure he went over the numbers and was just like, you know, what do we do with this fight? You know, neither of these guys has been in pay per view. You know, are they big enough to do a pay-per-view that's going to be successful? And they made the call and, and during these COVID times. No, we're going to put it on the regular network. And not only that, Crawford's next fight is also going to be on the regular. Now, this brings me to a point, too. That I'm going to go off the Canelo lawsuit. Uh-oh. But, uh, you know... When you see a fight like that, Lopez and Lomachenko, that, that's well promoted and people are very excited about it, and then you see the TV rating that it does for the sport. Which was good. Which was amazing, right? It was like over 2 million. It peaked maybe even over 3. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly. right? But it, it was like for boxing and nowadays and just television nowadays, you know, for a sport that's not the NFL or whatever, that, that's like a really, really good rating, you know? And I'm just like, you know, you know, why you know top rank is going to do Crawford and, and Brook and, and I'm sure that's really going to do well too and you and you're seeing like you were saying the pay per view numbers just aren't really that great you know I, I mean Canelo was really the the one big pay per view star and he's no longer in pay per view and no one has done like over half a million buys since then
1: most of them I haven't done close yeah
0: and so, so you know, at, at what point right well, do you kind of pull everything off and, and you know, and, and and just kind of put the big fights back on and a
1: regular team. We're, we're in a really interesting time right now because of COVID. We're in, we're in November now. Uh, and right now, in a normal year, you'd have the NBA and you'd have the NHL just getting started here to keep sports fans busy. And you right. don't have that now because the schedule was messed up.
0: Right. And, you know, the NBA... Although they might be, start, they, they might be starting they might be, around Christmas. They might be
1: starting around Christmas. <laughs> they might be starting in January. But you've got right. a little window here. But... What I'm saying is we're, we're we're in kind of uncharted territories here. It's clear right. that people aren't buying pay-per-views in, in the numbers that they used to. Right. Um, and it's clear that there's an opportunity to have, you know, there's a lot of networks out there that need programming now, which is part of the reason why ESPN put Lomachenko Lopez on there because they were worried they wouldn't have college football right. at the time. And, you know what's better long term you know, if you have if you have Teofimo Lopez a future star of the sport you know the, the super bowl the NFL super bowl is not on pay-per-view right. do, do you want do you want Teofimo Lopez to perform in front of th- 2 or 3 million people on ESPN right. or do you want it behind a pay-per-view wall where you know maybe 400 500,000 pe- people
0: are going to watch it
1: you well, want to build well, a star long
0: term maybe millions watch it but Three to four hundred actually pay for
1: it. <laughs> I mean, okay, fair enough, but yeah. but I think if you want to develop a long-term star, you put them on free TV.
0: I agree. I mean, to you know, to my mind, I mean, and, and I know there's a lot of boxing fans that agree with me. It's it's you know, I mean, for the long-term health of the sport, you know, the vast majority of fights should be on on you know, especially since you've got free TV. Um, I mean, I know. Listen, Top Rank has has kind of struggled with with what goes what goes on ESPN, what goes on ESPN Plus, what goes on ESPN Pay Per View. You know, it's kind of, you know, they've they've struggled a little bit with that, um, and I I don't know if they they've they've come to a a happy you know place where they know what what goes where, um, but. You know, big fights like Lomachenko. You know uh, that. The, you know, and Lopez is clearly the main. You know, that's more than boxing hardcores. When you've got right. millions of people watching, you've got general sports fans watching. Um, I just like to see more of that. You know, I'd, I'd like Absolutely. to see that. You know, at least you know, once a month. Right.
1: I mean. Gervonta Davis, an incredible talent, an incredible knockout, Side an incredible fire. fight, and, and he's and getting
0: it, a, great, a huge following now too. Right, but it would probably be a lot bigger
1: if, if, if the fight wasn't on pay per view.
0: Right, and, you know, we'll see what
1: the numbers. Right, right, we'll, we'll see what know, the numbers are. I'm, but I'm not, I'm not expecting a very high number for that.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd be really surprised. I mean, I, I you know, I mean the the, the one, you know, you've seen some numbers reported like as high as two hundred and fifty, and you've seen them report as low as under hundred, like seventy five. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't know, you know, I'm, right. I'm that's not my area of expertise. I, right. I don't know people in the cable, industry. but it's not a million. <laughs> it's not a million. Yeah, it's not a it's million. Not a half a million. Yeah, and it's not half a million. And, and you know, if 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 you you know, maybe it's somewhere in between. But you know, it's barely over a hundred thousand. Maybe if you you know. A, a mean there right. so if if Gervante Davis if that pay-per-view does like similar numbers um, you know I don't know what they're paying the fighters but you know I don't imagine that you're making a lot of money you know and, and a lot another reason why there's pay-per-views is because you know fighters want to max out there you know and as a manager yeah you know I, I want my fighters to max out on, on, on how much they can make but if the pay-per-view numbers you know, if, the, if, if piracy is this bad and and the pay-per-view numbers are that low where you know the promoters are losing money and and maybe the fighters don't you know don't take as big a guarantee and they they have to ride or die with how many buys they get and they're dying on this stuff it's kind of like you know is it a bad thing i mean i guess you know as someone who who represents fighters you think you know that that sucks you know that's that, that 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 was big revenue for my fighters but you know maybe we're we're just at a point where you know pay-per-view you have to adjust, the, as the zone said. Pay per view is dead. I mean, it was, Canelo was the one, the last guy to go over a mill, right? right? Right. So bringing
1: it back to Canelo, I mean, time time is money for these guys too. I mean, these boxers, you know, have notoriously short careers right. and short
0: windows. And I mean, even as lawyers, I mean, that that you know, at times, you know, you have to sue for breach of contract, but but at the same time, you know, you know, you have to, you know, litigation is a very slow process. So, either be prepared to to settle and maybe not get all that you want, or you know be prepared to sit, and you're going to sit for a long time. Yeah,
1: I mean, I just had this decision, and I, we'll save this for another show, but I mean, I represented a, a couple of fighters who were trying to get free from a promotional contract. I don't really want to say their name right now well, we we could talk about this in another we'll explore this in another episode maybe, but uh you know, I thought they had great contract claims. The promoter did not give them their minimums, uh, their minimum purses. And so they had really an indisputable claim for hundreds of thousands of lost income. And these fighters needed to move on with their career. And uh, you know, I, I weighed the, how long it would take for them to, uh, for them to prevail in arbitration you know, what are the chances of actually collecting the judgment if we got a judgment? Right. And, you know, what kind of damage, um, you know, what kind of damages would do to their career and they'd have to sit for probably another year and, you know, one of the boxers is no kid Right. and, you know, it made me sick to my stomach, but I had to, I had to make a decision, like settle a lawsuit, right. take the release, let these guys move on and look for their best fight and, and, and you know, possibly forego a claim for damages. Um Right. It's, it's a tough call. Right. And but there's a reason why you know the the only multi-million dollar suit was was Graziano Rocca Gianni. Now that was against the WBC, but but the reason this guy played out his lawsuit to the very end and got the money was cuz he was in jail. He couldn't take a fight. <laughs> he had no career.
0: You know? Yeah, it was pretty clear what his best option was. And right.
1: and you 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 might see this with Austin Trout too. Austin Trout's got a pretty decent lawsuit uh, against the WBO percolating. And seems to be semi-active at this point, and you know could probably get by fighting for other organizations. So, so that that's another one that has a, a chance to play out. Right. But these are these are few and far between. Canelo should just, I think, you know, look if if DAZN's not going to pay him thirty-five million, make a deal. Fight fight somebody for twenty million dollars. It's still twenty, right. $20 million dollars. Fight right. You know, fight for the vacant WBC super middleweight title. Fight Billy Joe Saunders. It's still twenty million dollars. Like. $15 million. It's more than 90% of boxers so make your entire you're, career.
0: you're saying, like, settle with Zone for that amount or fight somewhere else for that amount?
1: Well, DAZN's not going to let him fight somewhere else for that I amount. Mean, right, right, I, you right. You know, unless you... Uh,
0: well, they. you know, I mean, if they were, you know, I mean, plenty of boxers have done it, though. They, they've, you know, like, tried to, you know, allow, you know, have the court basically allow them to fight, you know, while the suit proceeds... I mean, you know, we haven't seen Canelo's uh Canelo's attorneys try to well, They're, that they're not
1: they're not pushing the pace. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and I think you know, with with DAZN, I mean, this was their flagship fighter. I mean, so I think they're really going to fight hard to I think they're they're really yeah, gonna, I mean, they're really going to fight hard I to, think to stop moved, him. I he moves from the needle
0: up. with subscribers, which 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 is like you know another catch twenty two here. While he doesn't fight, they're not getting subscribers. They're probably losing subscribers. You know, so it's a no win for anybody with Canelo on the shelf. But but, but
1: but but the difference is it's, not, it's, a, it's a no win for DAZN. But DAZN has dozens of other fighters to to, to try to build up. Canelo Alvarez only has one career.
0: Right. You know. Right. But I'm saying. I mean. The, the, the guys who really probably drive the subscriptions are Joshua and and Canelo, you know. I mean I don't think anyone else you know, you you get maybe your hardcore boxing fans, but like your your generals for the guy who's gonna drive their subscriptions to over a million. I mean Canelo, they they put out press releases, you know, after Canelo's fights about how many people watched and how many people subscribed. So obviously he's he's a difference maker. You know, the question is, you know, Dazone just seems they, they don't want they have buyer's remorse you know they, they don't want to pay the, the the deal that they made and you know for Canelo, again you know we, we pointed well, out Col- the catch twenty two for COVID, him COVID, he's not going to get it anywhere well, else the
1: fairness, COVID happened too oh well, of course I mean of so course. I mean that you know look Dazone has a contract not a contract with Alvarez but a contract with Golden Boy to, that essentially guarantees Alvarez his thirty five million a fight. I mean, but you know, COVID's. A, I mean, you can't just look. That, that's a legitimate. That's a legitimate. They lost a lot of. That's subscribers. a legitimate problem
0: for them. I mean, they, they lost you know. a lot of subscribers, but you know, boxing's kind of back. You know, I mean, you you you've got you know almost a full schedule of. I mean, you got a ton of fights. You know, on the next couple of weekends, the zone's back on the air. It's kind of like you know, there's no there's no really real excuse to 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 not you know put Canelo back on the air. Um, you know, there, there's no COVID. Um, he's going to drive subscribers. Right. But I think at this point in time, they've just kind of like Zone USA. They've
1: kind of like... But well, we, don't, we don't know that we're not privy to what DAZN we're not. Has offered offers. I mean, it, it seemed like there was there was a mediation in, in reading the papers. It seemed right. like there were there were negotiations. Right. They don't want to pay, pay the 35. They don't want to pay the 35. Yeah,
0: yeah. They, they seem to be willing to pay something less than that you know, and, and, and still do it, but significantly less than that. And, and you know, it's, it's a tough, like you said, it's a tough call. Like, right. if you're Canelo, and, and, I mean, Deson realizes that no one else is going to pay him like that, you know, can, can, he make, can he make that money on pay-per-view? Depends on the opponent, you know?
1: Well, I mean, on, this is, on a bigger scale, it's the dilemma I face. So does Alvarez want to shift the focus of his life to being a plaintiff you know, does, does he want to be a boxer and, and 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 make as much money as he can, and maybe not forty million a fight, but make, make some, make millions and build your legacy, <laughs> and 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 you know, maybe you know guide other fighters or start your own promotional company, or do you want to be a professional plaintiff and take the next two years and try to win two hundred eighty million dollar lawsuit against his own, and then see when push comes to shove, can you get the two hundred eighty million? Can you enforce it? Right. 'll don't go bankrupt I mean right
0: right you exactly know, I, I mean, exactly what,
1: what does he want to do here
0: I mean I'm a boxing
1: fan I mean I'm a lawyer but I'm not a litigation fan right I'm a, I want to see him box I don't well, want to see him that,
0: soon. that was kind of you know I, I got I got interviewed by uh, Coppinger and Pugmire and, and, and you know, I, I was like very optimistic that this thing would settle and, and Canelo would fight before the end of the year just more more as like a boxing fan talking and just as someone who like when you had when you're on top of the sport, you know taking two years off just you know I mean I get it it's a ton of money at stake but like you said I mean there's no guarantees that, that you win this thing or there's no guarantees that like you said they don't file bankruptcy I mean there's, there's risk there's a lot of risk you know yeah. um, so I was optimistic that they would work things out you know somehow have some sort of matrix where maybe he doesn't get 35 for lesser opponents but you know he can make somehow make that 35 on subscription I mean I think this is what they propose like you know mm-hmm. something lesser like if he but if he drives enough subscriptions he can get to that 35 number and maybe if he takes on Triple G he makes a little more right you know I mean
1: fight an MMA guy
0: fight <laughs> yeah, fight, fight a fight Oscar
1: fight a, fight a, <laughs> exactly fight a uh, <laughs> who's, the, who's the Turkish boxer who he's talking about fighting for the 168 pound title yeah, uh, Yildirim. Uh, yeah, Yildirim. I mean, Yildirim. they're not great, but, I mean, you know, we want to see him fight.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, and and that's it. I mean, you know, Andre Ward, I know it was a matter of principle for him, but, you know, those two years off and, and nothing to show for it. I mean, you know, I mean, I think he made a great deal with Rock Nation, so he didn't suffer too much financially from those two years, but he didn't lose two years of his prime. Same thing with Mikey Garcia. Um but, you know, it's even different with Canelo, though. He is the biggest star in the sport. And, you know, you wouldn't see this in any other sport. You know, like the, the Los Angeles Lakers decide not to pay LeBron James, you know, you know, with, okay. with, with the, the contract they made for him. And then, you know, LeBron James can't play now in the NBA because the Lakers think he's too expensive. You know, you, you just don't see this in any other sport.
1: Okay, well, well, you're, you're a little more favorable to Alvarez's side than I am, I guess. Um, you know, but we're going to see what happens. Let's get, we're going to see what's about to happen in Major League Baseball. There's about to be
0: a labor negotiation. Well,
1: there's about to be, you know, f- f- probably every single guy who's not uh, who who has an option or has arbitration level is arbitration eligible is probably going to become uh, a free agent. And and the owners are might. It looks to me like the owners are going
0: to. Oh, because they're really
1: like- take the salary scale down in Major League Baseball because they've <laughs> they lost a hundred million dollars a team right because of COVID. Right. And, you know... It is a different I mean, reality. I, I, I get that, you know, you're saying DeZone made a deal with Alvarez and it's in the contract and, you know, let's put aside the technicalities if they don't have a direct deal I'll, 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 with, with Alvarez. I'll give you that point.
0: Right. But,
1: again, I, I think
0: COVID's a legit... We also don't know if there's any force majeure. I mean, this is stuff we don't... Right. We, we haven't seen we know, the contract, we so know, we but, can't conjecture.
1: But, but it's a pretty real... It's a pretty real <laughs> This isn't the zone just making an excuse. I mean, they were They, I, have they, they buy suffered massive
0: where... losses when, you know, obviously with no programming on the network because they were solely focused on boxing and MMA. I mean, yeah, they lost a ton of subscribers. And, and as it was, they had burned a lot of cash. <laughs> so, and, and they were going to make adjustments. But now it's, it's just like crisis mode. So, and I mean, listen, the zone, from what I hear, has moved. Like, you know, even even the, the technical people they had hired here for the country, like they let them all go. You know, I mean, they they're cutting and running a little bit, you know, and, and listen, I, I don't know all the, the all the inner, you know, things that go on at Zone and, and so on. I do know that they've let a lot of people go here here in the U.S. So um, I don't know what 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 their plans are for DZone USA. Uh, but right now, yeah, they they've stripped it to the bone. And
1: they've got a pretty good fight schedule coming up, though. the The fight schedule is not they do. They, they the fight schedule's not indicative of a company that's giving up.
0: Right, right, right. They they have gotten around to you know they've got Danny Jacobs and, and Devin Haney. I don't. Did Triple G finally get a date? I know he hadn't. He didn't. No, have a
1: date. he doesn't have a date yet. But I mean, they've got Anthony Joshua. They got
0: Joshua. You know, that's, I mean, that's a right. big show for for December. Right, right, right. No, I, you know I like the Estrada card. It was a great card. Um, yeah, listen, I'm not rooting against the Zona. I mean, you know. Uh, they had they've had tremendous fights on i mean i'm a subscriber to the zone you know um but you know it's it's just a, it's a really they've put golden boy in a really tough spot they've put you know alvarez in a really tough spot golden not to mention all the
1: golden boy's fighters who just
0: yeah you know it's it just dying for dates here, you know it's uh, it just sucks it sucks for everyone and 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 you know i you know again i really hope they get it all resolved soon you know um come to some sort of resolution cuz this is the best fighter, or the most popular fighter in our sport, and, you know, whether you have him number one pound for pound or not, you know he's one of the best fighters in the sport, so it's like, he belongs back in the ring. He's the franchise. Yeah, he is. He's the, fra- he's the face of, the, of boxing, so um, I hope they get this resolved. Um, you, you, you're, you're not so confident in, in Canelo's uh, counsel, but...
1: <laughs> if, there's a, if there's a master plan, I don't see it. You
0: know,
1: I mean... I'm... We'll right. just leave it there. Right, right, right. All right, so we're going to follow this story in podcasts to come, Kurt. It's been a great run. Yeah. What do you want to say? You it's... got sixty, sixty episodes, and, you, <laughs> and you're still going to be a part of this going forward, right? Can yeah. A, listen, can I I'll... get a commitment that you're going to be a regular guest on here?
0: <laughs> I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll try, I'll try. I just, I'm, I'm just really busy. You know, I, I remember Chris Rock saying about. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just time commitment. You know, I, I, my time is 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 just really divided right now, and I, I can't put what I what I normally would into these podcasts. And and uh, I remember Chris Rock when people asked him why he like ended his show on 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 HBO after you know it was still very successful. It was only maybe four or five seasons in, and he just said, you know, I just wanted to stop it before it started to suck. All right. <laughs> So, you know, I don't want to half-ass this, you know, I want, you know, uh, I feel like we've had some strong programming, uh, we've had some really great shows, really great guests, including you. Right.
1: And you definitely have not reached the point where it started to start. So.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So, yeah, that, that was, that's kind of why I'm, I'm, I'm calling it all to, just I have some other things going on that are taking up a, a ton of my time, and, and I just don't have the time to devote to this, but i think the podcast is in great hands with scott i mean he's always been a very popular guest people people really enjoy uh our conversations so i think you know you you know how this works you know you've been a guest a ton of times um boxing writer in the sport so you know it's, it'll be an easy transition and uh, you know i hope people uh continue to follow the podcast and support it and i think scott's gonna do a great job
1: and and i'm um... This, this show is being taped in your house, so I know where you live. Kirk. I know where you live, so I'm going to make sure you're a guest on this, and so the viewers don't have to worry. You're still going to be a part of this. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, my man.
0: Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks. All right, have a good one. And that will do it for another edition of the Boxing Esquire Podcast, presented by the Ring and RingTV.com, and distributed by the Leave It In The Ring Network. I'd like to thank Scott for taking the time to speak with me. Always a pleasure. Um, if you like the podcast, please leave a comment or a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audioboom, SoundCloud, or wherever you access the Boxing Swear podcast. I'd really appreciate it it helps new listeners find the podcast. And also do not forget to check out um, this podcast on ringtv.com. Um, it'll also feature uh, some background on the interview with Scott. And, uh, and this is it for me, man. Um, but until next time, as, as you enjoy Scott's uh, version of this podcast... So long everybody. Did you get what you was looking for?